I got onto your childhood trauma one only because I work in an area where childhood trauma is very real, right? So I work in community corrections here in New South Wales. So the guys that we work with, we deal with every day, there is a sense of, you know, their actions, their their behavior stemming from their childhood trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want to um, talk about that because they're adults, right? Because like I'll give you one example. Me and my friend at work were discussing this where we have or we had a client who um, gave birth and it said that the baby was um, withdrawing, right, because she had been using quite um, mm-hmm. a lot of illicit drugs while she was having this child and upon birth it was withdrawing from whatever drug it was that she was taking and we said well geez this kid just doesn't have a chance right like it it started 10 steps behind everyone else and it's interesting to see that that childhood drama already started for this child yeah yeah Yeah. like what how, how do you see childhood trauma kind of affecting people long term and what's your take on 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 how that affects a person into their adulthood that's such a huge question. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, it's just the type of thing to talk about forever. Yeah. It's, there's not one. I think a lot of people don't even realize that the reason that they have uh, problems in their relationship, um, act out in certain ways, stems from unresolved issues in their childhood. One of the, I don't know how I got to a point where I knew, you know, I behaved in certain ways or certain things were ticking over in my head differently than other people because of my childhood trauma, which when I realized that was what was going on, I was able to combat it. And I don't really know how I did that, mm. but I think a lot of people don't even realize, oh, this isn't normal. Like yeah. this isn't an appropriate way to respond to this behavior. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think that just, you know, it affects their career. It affects their relationships and not just like romantic relationships, friends, family, mm. Yep. which is really sad because if you have experienced childhood biggest thing that you need is like tender loving Mm. you need those connections you need those relationships but like especially if you're not talking about it because as adults most a lot of adults don't ever talk about their abuses no one's ever going to understand oh this behavior is coming from this awful thing that happened to them Mm. if you're not talking about that how is anyone ever going to empathize yeah you know empathize with that it's it's such a sticky twisted word yeah and there's so many facets facets to it as well right because like you said i think not everyone realizes that they've gone through trauma which has turned them into the person that they are today right not a lot of people do that self-reflection and then come to terms with the fact that oh i was abused or something did happen that has now created this behavior in me this habit in me right Mm -hmm. when did you think or how did you think you came about to realize, ah, oh, it is because of that trauma. It is because of what I experienced as a, a child or whatever. How do you think you came to that? I probably think there were, probably wasn't. As I said, I haven't ever asked myself this question to me about him. Yeah. But I think probably thing I had experienced childhood trauma and then there was a very short period of homelessness and I lived, um, went and lived with my aunt Um who is the kindest, most loving, my kindest, most loving. If you could picture the epitome, yeah, like the pinnacle of a happy home, yeah, that's where I went. So it was like 
it was like such a shock stark difference mm-hmm. so that was when i realized that things that they had been through yeah. weren't just not okay they were like wildly wrong yeah um so that was like but then i think i just naturally am quite an analytical person yeah and yeah i've always i you know I don't know. I, I'm quite an analytical person. Yeah. I'm always thinking about what goes, you know. Because it does require how, a lot of like self-reflection, right, to get oh to that point. Oh my god, man! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just so you don't wake up one day and be like, oh yeah, it's because of that child trauma that I am the way I am today. It does take a lot of, you know, and a lot of people like the the, the people that I deal with within the c- criminal justice system, like it's so chaotic for them. Right, they're either on illicit drugs. Um, it's their childhood trauma has brought on uh, mental health issues. So it's like all this chaos around them doesn't allow them the luxury of yeah. doing that reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably one of the that's why I brought like this card mm. exactly that to stop and think for a second. And I was only there six months, but it you know I often think about that time. Just like it was like a weight was lifted my chest. It was yeah, like like. I was talking to my aunt about it recently, actually, and I said it was like coming up for air. It's like I'd been drowning, mm. drowning, 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 and it was like I took my first breath Yeah. in however many years, 19. That's amazing, years. isn't it? Like after so yeah. many years, you kind yeah. of feel like I've just breathed for the first time. Exactly what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with childhood trauma too is like it's a spectrum, right? Because I've, I've always thought that childhood trauma is real to every individual person that feels it, right? For uh, one person, childhood trauma could be just, you know, as, and I use this word loosely for lack of a better word, as simple as, you know, their parents working, you know, a, a lot and not being there for them, not feeling loved. It may have been, they may have lived in a nice home and everything else, but their trauma was that their parents weren't there for them and they needed yeah. that. And it can, and the spectrum is from that to the extreme, which is, you know, obviously drug use in the household, domestic violence, you know, uh, alcohol abuse and all that stuff. But I think it's important to appreciate that people's childhood trauma just, it spans, it spans the spectrum. It's not just straight away sexual abuse, physical abuse. It's, it's also the, the low end stuff as well. Well, they're alive and got things, but as a child, you don't really, you know, you haven't learned those, um, to think about process things in that way so mm. you know it's hard as a child not to be like they're not here they don't love me yeah. like it's hard not to think yeah. like that yeah exactly it's only when you get to an adult that you kind of can put it some rationale to it some some logic to it but sometimes by the time you you get to adulthood it's a little bit not, i wouldn't say it's too late because i don't think it's ever too late but the damage you know is is kind of done um and that person would have to do a lot of work on themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like I have this, I wouldn't say an ongoing battle, but this is ongoing discussion within the criminal justice system about when you come across someone that's done something really heinous and really horrible, like, you know, abuse a child or child sex offender or something like that. <clears throat> a lot of people take their approach that there's no excuse. And of course, there's no excuse, Right. There's, there's no excuse to do that stuff. But you can at least understand why. It, like, and that, that actually sounds horrible. Not, not understand why, but you, because you get to know these people and then they say, oh, I was abused too as a child. I grew up in a broken home. I was fostered out. I was abused by my, by my foster parents. I was sexually uh, abused by them as well. And they grow up with these horrible 
norms in their head that that's okay and then they go out and they fend and they touch other kids or they assault other kids right and it's like i'm not excusing what they're doing but i've understand that this is their trauma like this mm. is this happened to them and we yeah, can't discount yeah. that yeah because if you want to understand mm. that, i've had such a lovely wonderful life i'm going to go and abuse some people yeah we can't do that a lot of the times, like I said, we deal with all these guys who have uh, an immense amount of uh, childhood trauma. And I think uh, you see it a lot within the criminal justice system anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we it's, it's very unfortunate because we take a very punitive approach. Like, you know, we're here to punish them, but we don't consider what they've been through. And I've said in the past that when it comes to children, right, babies that go through childhood trauma, you know that they're in docs or you know, family foster care because their parents were no good or whatever. We look at those children and we say, poor things, poor darlings, you know, how horrible it is mm-hmm. for them, right? Mm-hmm. But then these people become adults. They're, and then we stop feeling sorry for them. Mm-hmm. But they're just adult versions of a hurt child. And it's weird that we have that mentality where we shift and all of a sudden we care less for them. I understand where you're from. I totally see that. But, you know, as an adult, now you're responsible for you, mm. right? Okay, you get to a shit situation and put in that shit situation by other people. There is nothing that stops you from seeking help, especially if you live in, if you, especially mm. if you live in Australia. Like if you live in, you know, like a completely different, you're in mm. Ukraine right now, completely different yep. scenario. But if you live in Australia, there are support systems, there are support nets mm. um, set up by the government, set up by charities. You know, there's, it's not like you can't, find a way out it's like there aren't avenues out of those situations and as an adult it's your responsibility mm. to look after yourself as a child you know i think to compare the way that you were a child who was hurting who had capacity as we yep. were talking, to think these thoughts through or um, doesn't even have autonomy or, because he else makes the decisions about a child's life yep child decisions an adult makes the decisions about them and so while i have a lot of empathy for whatever pain they went through it's like you, you know, and, and I know I know a lot of people who have struggled. I know a lot of people with drug use and these things. And I don't see one, I mean, you know, I, I'm quite good friends with them. But they mm. don't say, for me, I had a hard life. They say, am I going to be better tomorrow? You know, I don't want to be this person forever. Mm. What can I do about it? How can I fix it? And, you know, they haven't come from the best backgrounds. They haven't come from the best home. They haven't had the best support system. But as an adult, it's your responsibility to make those choices to put yourself in a better situation. And, you know, it doesn't matter to me particularly when you do that. If you do it today, if you do it tomorrow, if you do it mm. six months from now, just get there. Mm. Like, yeah. And everybody moves at their own pace. But, like, you can't compare an adult making a mistake to a child making mm. a mistake. Yeah. We, we look at adult offenders, for example, and we have less sympathy for them. But I also feel like a lot of people, you know, they, they say when you experience a significant amount of trauma, you get trapped and you there's a sense of arrested development there. Like you, you kind of stop. You're stunted, right? Mentally, you're, you're stunted. So I think there's, there's those people out there too that just for whatever reason, their, their brain just stopped developing. At, at, mm-hmm. at the age of 15 and, you know, they go on to be adults. But, I mean, yeah, look, we all should be taking responsible for our own actions, definitely. And I agree with you in the sense that we're all on our own journey. We all have our own goals and there's no time limit to this. I mean, there's a time limit, death. 
but everyone's on their own journey and they you know you get there when you get there as long as you continue to try to get there that's all that yeah. matters i agree 100 yeah anyone. yeah now apart from childhood trauma um i i knew that you'd probably have a take on this current event <laughs> the johnny depp and amber heard so we're just going to go left field and talk about that because I, I know that, you know, you're very uh, men's activist and, and everything else, mm -hmm. uh, men's rights and all that stuff. Now, I want your take on what's happening at the moment and, you know, the, the fact that it's kind of shining a light on males also being able to be a victim of domestic violence as well. It certainly is shining a light. Um, I mean, this has been years now. Yeah. It's been around for years. It's just doing it. But... I remember when it first came out, I don't know, this is just this is just the headlines that I was seeing at the time. It was very anti Johnny Depp. It was very It was oh, makes sense, you know, you just seem yeah. to get creepy um, things like that as well. I remember just being like, Well, I don't know and with any situation it's gonna be like, Well, I don't know because I wasn't there, so like let's see what I can find out. So I went and listened to like the audio tapes that came out years ago. Oh um, wow, okay. So you you're you were deep. You were deep into it years ago. I've always cared about deep, <laughs> or just like abuse, deep, 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 deep. Yeah. Like it's not for me. It's not like a who's been hurt here. Mm. Um. So I went and listened to the audio tapes years ago, and just listening to those, it was just so clear to me back then. Okay, I don't know have the full story, but mm. either this abuse is from Amber Heard to Johnny Depp, or it's going both ways. Like, yeah. I because you could hear in the the audio tapes this is like what's coming from amber heard here this is emotional abuse it's mental abuse it's psychological abuse and yes you there is they were talking about physical abuse as well so mm, it's like yep and it's like that evidence was there years ago mm. and it wasn't real. that wasn't really how it was being talked about audio tapes mm. coming out years ago and it's like if those audio tapes i really genuinely believe this if the genders had been reversed mm. that would have been like, cause it came out like it wasn't that far away from the Me Too movement. So yep. if oh, that but... had been, the genders had been reversed, those audio tapes would have been clipped and shared and everything yep. would have been on everybody's timeline. Everyone would have been seeing them. Yeah. But I had to go looking for them because mm. all I was seeing was the headlines about um, Johnny Depp is an abuser. Yeah. That was the narrative and, many, the, many years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Now, I still see, like, I do still see mainstream media outlets um, saying, painting it in Johnny Depp is, has been accused of um, of abusing Amber Heard and he's mm. suing her for defamation because yep. allegedly he thinks. So it's still kind of going in this narrative, but the reaction that I see outside of mainstream and yep. people are like, okay, well, this, she was, she was. Mm. Like the comments that I see and what people are sharing, it might just be the algorithm for me I'm aware to because it's going to know from what I talk about, what I like, what I share, that's what I want to see. Yeah. But it has been really uplifting to see a lot of people. And I think there's a um, petition now for Amber to be removed. Not that I necessarily support this, but um, being removed from Aquaman because of um, the okay. allegations with her. Yeah. And it's got like 2 million signatures. Right. Okay. So I'm like, well, we're starting to talk about this mm. now. And then we're starting to see, yes, man, even Johnny Depp. Yeah, huge megastar can be a victim yeah. of, of abuse. And I and I wonder if like he would have come out anyway if it wasn't for the um, the apparent hit piece that she put out many years ago. 
not actually mm. naming him as the abuser, but she said that she was, you know, um, a victim of domestic violence. Like, I wonder if if she hadn't written that, I wonder if Johnny Depp would have come out and and sued her for defamation, or or even made a point that he was a victim of domestic violence. Like, because a lot of men don't, right? Yeah. Well, I think he was trying to to some like obviously, but him making filing a defamation case is such a big such a biggest statement to make. And I think you're right. Like, if she hadn't have written that article that mm. he could actually sue her, would he have made a big deal over yeah. it? You know, and it's like I want the answer to be yes because I actually think this is so because for the same reason that it's important for women to come forward and say yeah. I was a victim of abuse. That's exactly the reason it's important for men. Mm. And if anything, you know, I'm just glad that like, because women have, women have role models in this sense of, of strong women who came forward and talked about what happened to mm. them. And I'm not saying that in a degrading way at all. I mean, you do. We, and it's great. And you look at those women talking about abuses and you, you draw strength from them. Mm. And it's like men need that. Yep. Men who have been abused by their partner need a male role model sitting up there on the stand saying, I was a yeah. Johnny Depp, beloved by everyone because I played Captain Jack Sparrow. It was abused by my beautiful, my beautiful wife. Mm. It wasn't. It looked picture perfect on the outside, and on the inside, it was. Yeah, and and it's it's. I I agree with you. Yeah, I I mean I didn't think about it that way. That men kind of needed um, a strong role model so that they can then start coming forward because yeah, yeah. the the perception in society is that. Well, you're you're a man. You shouldn't, you know. You don't need to. You don't want to seem weak, or there's a sense of pride there. You know, how could you let a woman beat you up? Blah blah blah, and all that. You know, kind of toxic thing that keeps men from from vocalizing their abuse. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad it does shine a light on the fact that hey, mainstream media has always kept this narrative that believe all women, right? We we don't want to question that because we don't it's it's very it's a very political subject you know and if you speak up about it you don't want to be outcast i guess mm-hmm. for your views in society you know mm-hmm. but when you talk about that you're not taking anything away from the actual female victims that are you know real victims of domestic violence not at all if anything um if anything it's it's people who lie about it yeah yep. uh, if nobody lied about it no one would ever think that you were because mm. Like they wouldn't, no one would ever have seen that or experienced that. It's like if no one, it's like the there's a movie called The Invention of. One. Oh, is that with Ricky Gervais? Yeah, yeah, and he learns to lie. Yeah, and everyone just thinks he's telling the truth about everything. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It is. Good. But yeah, um, look, it's it's going to be interesting moving forward to see how I guess. Everyone on YouTube and every everywhere you see, for the most part, are saying "poor Johnny," blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see how this is interpreted once the outcome, you know, happens. Will there be a rise mm-hmm. in, you know, the feminist movement being this is unfair, this is not right, blah blah blah. He was abused, or he abused her just as much as she abused him, or whatever. It, it, his pain is is very much real, especially when you you listen to the audio. And him saying that he literally tried to escape her, going through every room, locking every door. Mm. Oh, my God. I can't imagine you're trying to get away. You're doing what everyone says. You're leaving. Everyone says just leave. Just mm. leave the room. Yeah. Oh, and to be alone in there. Mm. Mm. Actually, I do want to say the one thing that, because when the allegations first came out, um, and the one thing that made me be like, I'm going to look into this, is his ex-partners kept coming out and saying, 
this does not fit with the description of mine. Oh, yes, I, I do remember that. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Multiple ex-partners said, I don't want to say she's lying, mm. but that is not the man that I know. That is not what I experienced. And then um, one of Amber Heard's ex-partners came out and said, I experienced domestic abuse oh. from Amber Heard. And I was like, I'm going to go. Go Google this. Yeah. Go look into this now, because yeah. I think that's um, you know I think that's compelling testimony. If mm. your ex partners come out and vehement, especially in such a public way, yeah, like where you're like I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this, and especially as a woman, you're supposed to support other women. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to yep. be part of the sisterhood and come out and say, yeah, that's tough. That's really tough to do because it's like you're breaking girl code or mm. letting the girls down or whatever. I've really felt that personally myself. Yeah. So I can't imagine doing that in front of the whole world. I'd find it tough in just a room with people. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it all came out, it was kind of like the perfect storm, wasn't it? Because like you said, it was around the Me Too movement and everything else. She was up and coming and she just, really I mean, I dare say one of the worst things you can kind of label a person is like, you know, a de- domestic violence perpetrator, right? Especially a high-profile actor. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it literally ruined his career and he, he didn't get any other gigs afterwards. But, yeah. Um, yeah, she went straight for the jugular. So, she did. Yeah. She did. did you see that um, clip where her lawyer – have you been watching those those, those legal clips? They're, they go for like, God, hours long sometimes. I've been like putting them on the – yeah, they're very intriguing to watch. But um, there's this one hilarious, uh, uh, like, people are awesome. Like, they do compilations of, like, you know, <laughs> Johnny Depp being snarky or being funny. But there's the most recent one was Amber Heard's lawyer. And he asked a question to the, I think it was the butler or the housekeeper or whatever. And then he objects to his, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, he objects to his own question. <laughs> that's his, oh, God. Yeah, and the reaction of uh, everyone watching and Johnny Depp is just it's just comedy gold. But uh, now, I was just going to say this is like um, their stage, right? This is they're both actors and actresses in their own right. So this is like their stage to do, you know, hone their craft. They go on and they, they as on the witness stand and. You know, they give their peace and act out and cry and show their emotions and everything. So it's it's really interesting to see how Amber Heard will kind of play the emotional card and, and all that stuff. So Yeah, you know if she's going to test because I don't No, she hasn't. No, she hasn't sat on the stand yet. Um, surely she will at some point. And uh, I'm sure the internet will rip her to shreds as the internet does um, and, and pick at every point. But, uh, yeah, so far... Nearly everyone's team Johnny. Um, yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah, a lot of people are team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting moving forward and how this kind of shapes the domestic violence narrative. But I think, you know, in Australia at least, it's very politicised, right? Um, a lot of funding goes to um, women's services. And look, rightly so, I'm not saying it shouldn't. I think, um, I dare say, statistics shows the bulk of um, victims are women. So nothing to... You know, not taking that away from anyone. Well, yeah, that's that's true too. Yeah, that's true too. I a lot of men. You know, I know, I know a lot of men. Mm. I would a lot of men, and I don't know anyone who's mm. in any official capacity. I think the numbers that we have, are, um, the difference in, in domestic violence. Mm. I don't. Th- I think if we actually properly surveyed men, yep, I think a lot more would come forward. And there are some statistics. I um, was reading a report. I'll email it to you after if you want just 
told you, um, you know, I'm not talking shit. Mm. Um, that said, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> that said, um, that the majority of domestic violence is goes both ways. Mm. Um, so men abusing women and women abusing men, it's going two directions. Mm. But that the majority of it is actually initially perpetrated by the woman. Right. Um, and then the men, so not to say there aren't situations where men are just initially perpetrating because obviously there are. I mm. always have to reiterate that because yeah. I know someone at some point is going to clip me and be like, she doesn't think that men. Yeah, sure. Of course I do. Of course. Of course I think they do. But um, this is really, I think we've moved into this point where in society where it come, when it comes to abuse where it's really easy to laugh about a man who's being abused mm. by, his, by his female partner and it's really easy to dismiss that. <clears throat> why do you and think that that's the case? Like, because why do you think there's this, still that stigma? Or like, what is the stigma? Because we put a lot of effort into um, protecting women in the, in the past, you know, 50, 60 years. And that's fantastic. As, you know, as a woman, I reap the benefits of this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, thank you to, um, you know, first and second, third wave feminism. Thank you to all, for everything that's ever done for me. Math is significantly better than it would have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. But um, men got lost in that conversation. And... You know, it 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 we put all that effort in to break down the stigma around women who are abused and to not laugh at them and to not mm. and we just didn't do that. In fact, yeah. I think what actually happened was the gap between men and women there, while the intentions were really good, it just got the the gap between men and women got huge because mm. all of a sudden then that created a narrative that men are perpetrators and women are victims. Mm. And as so long as you have that kind of mold, sorry, this cat, um, you have that kind of mold. Mm. It just, it's like saying, it's like if you saw, you know, a dog flying, you're like, yep. that, mm. that doesn't make sense. Yep. It's just like, you. it's hard to imagine a big, confident, toxic masculinity ridden man being mm. abused by his sweet, you know, Gentile, docile partner. Like people think they've broken down these gender stereotypes, but they've actually just reinforced them so much more, you know? Why? So why do you think men don't come forward though? Do you think it's, be, is there some fear of not being believed or being called not an, a beta, beta male or like what? what all is all of the above? Yeah. We haven't created space for them to. Because there's two, there's a couple of schools of thought, right? There's like toxic masculinity school of thought that you, you talk about. But then there's this other school of thought, thought that says um, modern men are being very feminized now. <laughs> I don't necessarily love either of those schools. No, no. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, I, I just think, you know, I think those people who talk about those things have been sitting in classrooms. Mm. Like, Stop trying to make it math. Stop trying to make it science. This mm. is real life, people. The reason men don't come forward today is the same reason that women didn't come forward 50 years ago. They don't think there's any. It's literally that simple. Mm. If we started talking about men having issues and creating a space for men to say, I'm not okay. Yep. And and if we allowed them to, like, if if I, I have a lot of, I've said, reiterated many times, I have a lot of friends who have experienced abuse, but when I, I need to, and I know when I go and talk to a girl, if she's experienced abuse, I can just sit down with her and I can just have that conversation. Because we as a society have already created this space where she already knows when I tell her, you don't have to put up with that. Mm. That's not okay. Yep. Like she already knows, she's already prepared to, she already knows. Yeah. Right? I need to respect when I go and mm. he doesn't necessarily already know that. Mm. 
And I need to approach that conversation very differently yeah. than if I was talking to a girl. Not necessarily because because of their, you know, genitals, but because mm. they they have different experiences mm. as men and women that have resulted in them expressing themselves different ways. I don't have any problem with men being feminine. I don't give a tip if like mm. I'm give a sh- I don't give a shit what you are, just be yourself. Mm. But you know, I think so when people say, you know, Oh, I can't even, I can, this is just a minefield of nonsense. The reason men don't come forward is because there is nothing to suggest that they should. Like I said, there's no role models for men who are going and saying mm. that they're having these problems. There's no domestic violence shelters for men in Australia. There's one that's in Queensland. There's there's no funding for domestic violence shelters for men. Like the, mm. every, every yeah. domestic violence Ad you see says violence against women. Australia says no. Mm. No one is putting the message out there loudly and strongly. If you are a man and you are not okay and you are being hurt, yep. call us. We're here. You know, it takes a village. Mm. If you want men to come forward, tell them that they can. Tell them. Yeah. Educate them about what emotional, mental, psychological abuse is. Because I can't tell you how many times I had to tell a dude. I literally do this thing with my friends who are guys. I say, can you just imagine if I said to you that my boyfriend, but imagine mm. probably I do, did to me exactly what you just said your girlfriend did. Mm. And they're yep. like, oh, no, I, no, I'd tell you, break up with him. I'd tell you, get rid of yep. that guy. Yep. I'm like, well, why yeah. is it okay when he does it to you? Because you're like, you're a man and your testicles mean that you have like, you're <laughs> immune to abuse. What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 like your. I agree with you. It's it's a lot about education, lack of education for men. Like, um, I dare say, a lot of men don't have that emotional capacity to understand or the emotional intelligence to kind of recognize what is, uh, you know, mental uh, and emotional abuse. Um, and then also, like when you it when it does dawn on them that they're going through it, who do they speak to? Where do they go? What services are available? Yeah, what services are available? And yeah, when I did start talking about men's issues, I already knew I knew a couple guys, and then people started coming out of the woodwork just because they were like, "Oh my god, here's someone I can talk to who's not gonna, you know, should mm. just get over it, man yeah. up, pussy." Like, yeah, people just started coming out of the woodwork. I was like, "This is ridiculous. This mm. is so many men." And I, I just live in Victoria, Australia, and I haven't. I've never been overseas. It's not like I have access to all these people. Like I just have my small little bubble and people just started mm. reaching out. Yeah. I, I feel like it's still going to be a very slow burn, right, for, for anything to change for men in this space. Um, because yeah, there's, there's yeah. still that, you know, very Australian masculine uh, way that society perceives men to be. So that's always going to be perpetuated in some sense. But issues like this... Johnny Depp and, you know, as we get more and more people raising their hand and bringing attention to it, then maybe things will change. But again, it's going to be a slow burn, especially when it's so politicized, right? Every election year, there's going to be funding for women's domestic violence. And again, I agree with you, please don't take this clip out of context. If there are a lot of women that go through this and statistics, like I said, show there are, you've seen different statistics, then we can only go by the data and the facts. But we know that a lot of men also don't come forward as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's um, a touchy, it's really touchy subject because I think it's recognized now, it's acknowledged and accepted that when you go to court for something, like the man is always on the back, like for, especially in a domestic violence case. 
you know like mm -hmm. you're already behind the eight ball because society and the system has kind of painted that narrative that men are the perpetrators and women are the that's why mm -hmm. i think i i've worked with a lot of people who have just kind of blatantly told me that they feel like they've been hard done by so they kind of give up they kind of give up and they just roll with the punches and they don't even fight yeah. for it anymore exactly that's the problem they don't think that there is they don't think they can win mm. so why would you try yeah yeah wasted effort and it's just heartbreak breaks my heart yeah i mean like how many times have um you know police rolled up to a domestic incident and straight away just assume you know victims and everything else like I'm, look i'm sure a high majority of the times that they do roll up it is the females but then again it shouldn't be just that narrative that that is always the case exactly yeah i think in regard where it goes it's it feel it feels like pissing into the wind <laughs> like trying mm. to put out a forest fire with one bucket of water it's mm. it's impossible it, it's like and the conclusion that i have come to is the best thing that i can do is be a uh be a voice talk about it and make sure that every man within reach of me is that i i will believe him mm. um so and that and that's the best thing that that i can do and, and you know if what i would say what i do wish for is that and it's i i, I really don't see it happening but what i do wish for is men who have experienced these things coming out more often mm. because that's the only way it's the awful thing that i put such pressure on men mm. to to step into a place they shouldn't have to stand on board that these things happen to them but I think that's the only like in until we have men reporting it, going to the hospital, you know, and there's literally you know, coming forward to their friends and family, speaking up publicly. Until these things happen, people are, are that this is a sin. Until people see it, they're not gonna believe. Mm. And I mean, I wouldn't believe it was as big an issue as it is if I didn't know people. Mm. You know, I would find it very hard to leave that it was as big an issue as if I didn't know so many people personally, if I didn't see it all the time. Yeah. I think that's what needs to Yeah, and you kind of just assume that it, it's happening more and more because women's are get, women are getting greater rights, greater freedoms, um, gaining more independence as they, you know, prior to what they did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? So yeah, with that great, great yeah, and that's fantastic, but with that greater independence, with that greater power, with that greater, you know, part in society, then uh, they have to take it from somewhere. And therefore, you know, it diminishes uh, the male's capacity as well. So you, you would, it, it, it's kind of like safe to recognize, yeah, of course, men are becoming victims of domestic violence now more so than ever as well because women now have greater powers, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it, um, it's interesting because I, I see where you're coming from, but I actually don't like the way you phrased it yeah. because I think, like, it's like the way I see it is, like, in order for women to do well, men don't mm. have to see great. And Warren Fabry says, this does not have to need. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason that women can't be in the workplace and have all their rights and be protected under the law, have complete autonomy and independence, and men have the same thing. Because mm. really, yes. women are, like we're, we're, we're not two different races. There's never been a time where we lived separately of each other. Yep. We're like, we're the same tribe. Men and women are the, we are, the, we're a team. We're yep. two halves of one whole. So it's like, there's no reason that we can't, you know, peacefully coexist coexist equally yeah like that shouldn't be an issue so it's like 
what I think does need to be addressed is, you know, with greater power, women have got more power mm. today than they did 50, 60 years ago, comes more responsibility. Yeah. You know, and as a woman today, I I have a voice now that I wouldn't have necessarily have had 50, 60 years ago. Mm. And it's my responsibility to use that voice to speak up for people who I feel yeah. can't speak up. And it's kind of ironic that the people that I feel can't actually speak up are men at mm. the moment. They can't say these things happen to me because they're like, well, that's an attack on women and feminism. And mm. it's like, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Women can have issues alongside men having issues, and both of those issues can be equally important as each other. Yeah. No doubt. Well said. Yeah, I didn't like the way I phrased that either. <laughs> but yeah, no, of course fine. we can both. Yeah, no, we we I agree. We can both coexist and both have the same rights um, and equal rights and equal opportunity and everything else. Um, I've uh, the cynic in me is just like there's too much tribal politics and too much identity politics to allow you know both of us to b both genders whatever you want to call it to to go up equally um, and be both successful but you know yeah I, I agree but look i'm just afraid that that's you know the case and uh I think, I think you're right um i think that's exactly why people like you and me are talking about it because mm. we're like this is ridiculous right yeah yeah, yeah. this is ridiculous it's <laughs> silly now like come on let's let's be nice to one another yeah <laughs> it's not that hard but not a lot of people you know uh, practice what what they preach so it's it's very unfortunate but again I, I work in that field where it's like I see mostly the negative side of, of I guess human nature you know where people have offended and done something wrong and uh, yeah like I say the cynic in me is just like yeah there's always going to be this tussle back and forth you know I'm always going to hear stories um, either side so yeah I mean the cynic in me 60 years ago would have, and they're not, and I wouldn't say that women in first world countries, third world countries, yes, they're oppressed. Second world countries, yes, there are a lot of instances of oppression. First world countries, women are not. Mm, yeah. You know, and do we need to do a lot of work for people in second and third world countries? Yes. But the cynic in me would have told you that ground that's been made for women in the past 50, 60 years wouldn't have been possible. Mm. But it, history tells us that it was. So I have hope for men, and I have hope for men and women. In all kinds of things, getting yes. along. That's right. Didn't, Unified. Did your mum ever tell you if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it? Mm. You know. Yes, that's that's, that's lost on the in in the area of social media when everyone has a megaphone at the at the touch of a keyboard. That doesn't work anymore. So even if you have nothing to say, type it out. <laughs> you know, don't verbally say it. Do it in text. If you have nothing nice to say to someone. Make a Facebook status and say it to everybody. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, use emoticons, you know. <laughs> Skip or words. Tweet about it now, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the horrible thing too. But that's a different 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 thing to altogether. Um, everyone has a voice now. It it has its pros and cons, obviously. But yeah, it is what it is. I mean, here's a pro. We're talking. We are, and this is this is a pro. Yeah. Everyone having. Well, that's that's literally the case, isn't it? Just like two random people that I just came across you literally DM'd you like and say, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And now we're sitting here talking. And maybe that's what people need to do, just have more civil discourse. But again, yeah. it's weird because the technology allows you to do that. But conversely, it's also making it a bit more toxic. So it's crazy. It is crazy. Mm. But, you know, I think so long as, you know, as long as, 
people like you and me are doing these podcasts and like the same thing i did the same thing i saw a, a documentary on this uh a men's rights activist called philip tanza found his email i was like hey want to come on my youtube channel mm. and by some crazy thing he said yes yeah. so exactly the same thing so it's like you know there are positive conversations happening and you know i always think i can't control what other people put out into the world and i can't control what other people do but i can absolutely best to, to put the best i can out into the world and i don't always get it 100% right. Do my best. No. And that's, that's all anyone can do. Well, yeah, and people having real conversations, you know. We're human. We, we get shit wrong. That's fine. We live and learn. Exactly. Yeah, the problem is everyone judges, though. That's 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 the, the real yeah. shame. You know, you're not allowed to be wrong anymore. So. It's just like, I don't understand that either because I'm like, are you telling me you never made a mistake in your life? <laughs> you never did something that you literally beat yourself up about afterwards because I know that you have. Hmm. Because everybody has. Like... Yeah. I literally said this to someone recently. They're like, I really like you, Gita, because you don't judge me. And I'm like, mm. well, I've made enough mistakes in my life to judge <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the problem. There's there's too many kind of self-righteous people out there who will judge everyone. And the the fear is that you can't make a mistake because someone will clip something or someone will screenshot something that you've said many mm-hmm. moons ago. And the repercussions are just so significant now. So it's it's kind of a scary place. People are cottoning onto this though. I think people because um, you know you're you're getting some people, but like people like like with Elon Musk buying Twitter, mm. like he did that because he was like, stop censoring, yeah, stop. You know, he was like, free speech is important, and it's like I think people are cottoning onto it about this clipping thing. I don't think maybe I think I don't think that will be as prevalent or as like it's that's just a new tool in in neutral belt. Mm. And I think the thing is when society cottons on to, oh, that's something they're doing, mm. it stops being as useful as a tool. So I think people will continue to do it, but I don't think, I think I see, I have faith in humanity that yeah. they're picking up on that. It's losing its impact. I've seen you do this too many times. Yeah. And found out bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Cancel culture is like a very recent kind of phenomenon. And it's crazy because even people that are well-established, like, I mean, the, the most obvious one, not the obvious, but the one that comes to mind is um, when, uh, what's that guy, the comedian Hart? I, uh-huh. he's, Kevin Hart. Kevin. I don't know why his name just, just disappeared out of my brain. But he was meant to host whatever it was, the Oscars or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And because he said something about, you know, um, gay people, like he lost a gig. But everyone knows, and, and also Joe Rogan, right, because he used the N-word, everyone's just like, oh, you know, he's racist. But it's like he's got hundreds of thousands of hours that you can shift for through, and you know he's not that person. But still, there's people out there that will try to reframe the narrative and try to, like, get him cancelled. It's like, why? There's some kind of, like, uh, when I see people doing this, I'm like, it's like, there are some people who they just want to nail someone mm. just to see nail there. They don't care about having people who are actually bad mm. or whoever the person is responsible is. They just want to nail someone to the wall because it makes them feel, you know, superior, like mm. morally superior. Yep. Like it's, it's virtue really, signaling. Yeah, it's really shitty. It's like <laughs> the least attractive or likable quality in a person ever. And it's really running rampant with cancel culture nonsense yeah but then the other thing that gives me faith in humanity is if cancel culture actually works kevin hart wouldn't be working and mm. he's still making movies he's still going to comedy yep. shows so yes when these firestorms start on the internet on social media 
they really ramp up. Yep. Joe Rogan's still got his podcast. Mm. Kevin Kevin Hart is still, you know, making movies. Dave Chappelle, he's going to be mm. like, yeah. all of these people get cancelled. It lasts like there's a big thing and everyone's tweeting about it, but it's like, yeah, you know, does anyone really give a shit? Like, does any do, do most people in the most people in the world don't actually give a shit? They're just going on with their lives and they're going to go yeah. watch the movie. They don't give up. <laughs> I I feel like also. It, because it's such a touchy sub subject, or because society makes you know using the N word such a touchy subject subject that you're expected to like condemn it from from in society. You're meant to, even though secretly you think like, oh, it's fine. You know, he has black friends. He's he's not that way. We know he's not a racist. But your the external perception is you have to condemn it. So a lot of people just give that impression that oh yeah what he said was wrong but secretly they still support him you know yeah, they just have to like, present that that facade yeah 100% and i you know this started this this is across like almost all areas you know feminism racism you know lgbt it's mm. across all areas there is this pressure to conform yes. to that sort of thinking and it's like i have spoken out about men's issues for quite a while now and they're was this funny thing that happened where some people just like stopped talking to me and then some people like privately to me were like I really support what you're doing <laughs> publicly I'm never gonna yes. say that yes because that's like that I have got messages from people being like I have never seen someone with so many balls get up like that like that's really brave of you to say but like Oh, if anyone asks me what I think about it <laughs> if I pretend that I think you're crazy yeah yeah and I'm like, you know what? Like, I understand. Like, I don't necessarily respect it, but mm. I understand the pressure. No, yeah, exactly. No, I understand it too because, you know, they have, you know, if they were to support you or agree with you or whatever publicly, then they have, they're putting at risk whatever, you know, their job, their reputation, their, you know, you know. So, exactly. I, look, I totally understand they're caught in a, between a rock and a hard place. So, yeah, I mean, when I started doing it, I literally called up a friend and was like, I think I'm going to talk about this. I think I'm going to lose some friends because it's a controversial thing to say. And I live in Victoria, and Victoria is a very left wing state. So mm. it's going to be controversial. And they just kind of said, if they lose your, if you lose friends because you're saying you care about something bad that has happened, mm. are they really your friends? And I was like, excellent point. Mm. Noted, I'll do it. Thank you for that pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that I mean, there's very, uh, there's a lot of truth to that, right? And they're never yeah. meant to be your friend in any way if they don't respect your opinion, um, especially yeah. if it's valid. And it's like I respect that their opinion is different. Hmm. Like I knew they didn't agree with me. There wasn't a reason for me not to be friends with them. So yeah, and again, that's I like we said that's the missing link that people yeah. can't just sit down across from each other, have different opinions, and still be civil about it and and have a chat. So yeah. that's where we're it's at. Toxic. It's toxic. Mm. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, I think it'll get better, though, you know. I think it has to. I think it has to because I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> I think it has to. Otherwise, where can we go? Like, if well, we don't it. start talking to each other, if we don't start listening to each other, you know, like, where can you go after that if you continue to dis? Like, at some point, you've got to turn around and realise this ain't it. Yeah. Like, you've got to. But in saying that, like... The tribal politics and the identity politics have never been this intense ever. 
So it is the because of the advent and the uh, of technology and the capabilities that the technology has given us. Mm-hmm. It's it's we both agree that surely has to get better. But thus far, it's actually created those pockets, those tribal, you know, groups. So I hope so. Mm. Yeah. I hope so. Where else are we going to go? I'm going to, oh, I'm running away to the I'm going to go rural where, where, where people forget half the vowels off their words and <laughs> don't care about any of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, ignorance is bliss sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah, just don't deal with all the dramas of the world. It's like the more you know, the more technology allows you to research and understand what's happening in the world, the more horrible it actually or, or maybe yeah. I'm just the eternal pessimist. No, <laughs> you're 100% right. I have said this many times. Sometimes I wish that I was oblivious. You know, those mm. people who are really oblivious to everything. Mm. You know, they don't realize when someone in the room is mad at them on social news. Yep. They don't yeah. know about what's happening in the world. <laughs> the only thing that they know is that, you know, Kim Kardashian is dating Pete Davidson, and that's the most exciting this week. Yep. And you're like, yep. sometimes I really wish I could just be like, yeah, no. Less stressful. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Sometimes I I would love to be that person that just oh God, doesn't need to know fun. all the ails of the world, all the ills of the world. I just, Seriously. you know. They're just like, what am I having for dinner? <laughs> yes. Especially those people that like you said, don't don't pick up on social cues. They're the best. I know. I love it. I love it. I watch them and I'm like, talking? And they're just, no. Nah. <laughs> but good on love them. It. Good on them. Just living their own life. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, what a what what freedom it is. Please. But yeah, I know we analyze and just think too much. But again, the benefits of that swinging all the way back to childhood trauma is that we do have the ability to kind of have that insight and and do that self reflection and improve ourselves and develop ourselves as people because we we can do that. You know. If I was oblivious as well. Yeah, yeah. My childhood. Oh, my excellent point. Now I'm glad that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's been fantastic. Well, look, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a good solid hour. So yeah. I appreciate, yeah, your time and everything that you're doing. Um, I will link, you know, your, your socials down below if anyone wants to check you out. But, yeah, keep, keep uh, fighting the good fight. You too, man. You too. Keep it up. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. All right. That's the end. We'll catch everyone later.